Praise God. Hallelujah. <laughs> it's wonderful to feel the Spirit of God moving, isn't it? And to know that the Lord's with us. Amen. Well, we were in the meeting this morning and I read what Jesus said. I'll drink this wine anew with me, with you, in the kingdom of God. Amen. So it's not all about water. <laughs> <laughs> There's something stronger to be had than water. <laughs> and definitely there is. <laughs> this whole concept of the kingdom of God, and I think one of the problems with religious people is they seem to always view Jesus as somebody who was a man of suffering and acquainted with grief. Well, he was in Gethsemane, and he was going to the cross, but I think if you'd have been with Jesus... When he was traveling around, he was a very wonderful person to be with. I can guarantee you that. (laughs) He was full of joy. He's been anointed with the oil of gladness above his fellows. The oil of joy. The oil of gladness. There's got to be joy in the house of God. And if there's no joy, there's something wrong. Because in his presence, there is fullness of joy. We're supposed to be the happiest people around. And this, you know, (laughs) as Paul said to me yesterday, are we scratching hens or are we ascending eagles? And we can be a bit of a scratch at times, can't we? And when we start scratching, we get a bit of a, to be a bit of an irritant, don't we? But we mustn't be like that. We mustn't let these things get at us. <laughs> we must somehow get rise above it in the Spirit and walk in the Spirit and enjoy the wonderful love, joy, and peace. You know, Henry used to have these great big things in the meetings with love on it, joy on it, and peace. I remember being with him in a meeting in Birmingham, and these things were up on the wall... <laughs> And suddenly one of these fell on somebody in the congregation. <laughs> I think it was joy fell on them off the, <laughs> the wall. <laughs> on these big round things. <laughs> oh dear. But you know, Henry was right. And people didn't like it. Because religion is pretty morbid stuff. I don't like religion. It, Jesus called it leaven. <laughs> and he said, beware of the leaven of the Pharisees. They go around putting big burdens on you, you know. Yeah, you can have it, like Alan said last night, but, but you see, there's all these conditions. But you see, Jesus, it's all by grace, through faith. As we said last night about Hagar, she was born in the house, but she wasn't born free. And you've got people in the house, they're not born right. <laughs> they're Hagar's. They're walking around with a bottle, saying, will you please fill my bottle? But those that are born in a promise have got a well. A completely different situation, isn't it? Religion is not good enough. Jesus, well, religion put Jesus on the cross, let's face it. It, it, And, and, you know, it's a terrible thing that he came to his own and his own received him not. Now, every time that God anoints somebody in the church and sends him to the church, oh, we don't want him, kick him out. I remember when Henry came to my denomination, oh, he told me, since he had said last night, it's all froth and bubble. It's all froth and bubble and dancing girls. 
And now you look at, and, and you, look at, you look at all these meetings today, and you've got all these women on the platform. Years ago, it wasn't allowed. Now it's the norm, <laughs> haven't you? That you've got all these girls singing on the platform. Back in those days, ooh, you know, the legalism and, the, 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 and everybody looking at it, you know, it was so down on everything. And I thought, this is what I've been looking for, some joy. I need some joy, don't you? <laughs> Isaiah says, 12 says, you with joy shall he draw water from the wells of salvation. And you know, th- there is living water to be had. There is. But the problem in the world today, there's two streams. There's one river flowing from the throne, but there's another river that flows from Satan's kingdom. And it's pretty intense, isn't it? You think about it. It's on the media. It's on the television. It's in the magazines. It's everywhere. And most of it is complete filth. It's complete corruption. But there is a river that flows from the throne. And we've got to be careful what we look at, what we meditate on, and what we consider in our lives. Because you can get contaminated without even knowing it. You can. You can look down at something and think, oh, that's a nice soap. Well, as I said before, soap will never clean you. Not soaps. It won't, because it's got adultery, fornication, breakup of marriage, all these things are in there. It's a polluted river that you're sitting in. You can't sit under that. Get rid of it. You have to sit under the river of life that flows from the throne, don't you? And that's where we must be. And I, the Lord said to me, cut everything out. Your purpose on life is to glorify me. I've called you to be a tabernacle of witness in this life. Every one of you are tabernacles. You are. Every one of you is a temple of the Holy Ghost. And you've got to be careful what you put in your temple and let come into your temple because you need the pure living water that comes from the throne, don't you? Because this is absolutely essential. If you can keep that stream flowing into your life, it will change your life. Absolutely. Things that bothered you and tempted you and tried to get at you from all this media that's out there will no longer affect you. Because you'll be concentrating on one person. And that's Jesus. He is the most important person. As we keep saying, he is, the old saint said, the great inhabitant of the house. We were talking after this meeting this morning, you see, and we were saying about prayer. You know, a lot of people think that prayer is so simple. Oh, no, it's not so simple. Because if you don't keep the river flowing, and you're bubbling up in your well, and you don't keep in tune with the Spirit, this stuff is going to get at you and contaminate your thinking, contaminate your life, and contaminate what's in you. You can't get, let it get at you. You've got to cut it out and just concentrate on the things of the Spirit. Look, we're not like normal people. We're not normal people. God has called us out of this darkness into his light. We're children of light, aren't we? We don't belong down here. We're just traveling pilgrims on the way to glory. And on the way to glory, you can have some of this glory. And it's wonderful. It's absolutely thrilling. It's tremendous. 
And you know, Jesus said that at the the Last Supper, I'm going to drink this wine with you. Well, I can assure you that, that you cannot get wine without water. You can't get grapes without water. Can you? You can't get wheat without water. It's essential. But as 1 John 5 says, it's the water, the spirit, and the blood. Isn't it? The three essential things that come in our born-again experience were born of the water, the spirit, and the blood. Isn't that right? We have been quickened. This is, this is not religion. This is a miracle regeneration, a rebirth. Like Jesus said to Nicodemus, you must be born again. You must. And as Henry used to say, true witness delivers souls. I had a lot of Pentecostal knowledge, but I wasn't quickened. I wasn't born until I got into one of these Holy Ghost meetings and suddenly everything lit up. Suddenly my lights went on and suddenly I had a spirit that when I read the word, it said, this is it. And it was wonderful. And I thought before it was all history, all, you know, about this one and that one and the other one. No, As I say to Peter every time, you must never depersonalize this word. The 66 books of the Bible are about one person, and it's Jesus, and God the Father, and God the Holy Spirit, of course. But we can't get there without Jesus. He's our mediator, isn't he? And when I read something, I think, there's Jesus. When I read something, I see Jesus. You have to see Jesus in the word as you read it. It's, not, it's, it's doctrine, it's truth, but he is the truth. And everything you look at in the word, it's all about Jesus. Whether it's the linen curtains that went round the tabernacle, the linen, the righteousness of the saints, or whether it's the silver sockets that held the things, the hundredweight and half sockets, solid silver. Well, we're ransomed with the silver. Speaks of us being ransomed. Or whether it's the, whatever it is, when you look at the tabernacle, it's all about Jesus. Where's the brazen altar? Where's the laver? Whether it's the candlesticks, whatever it is, the candelabra, the church. We're inviting Jesus in here because he's the head of the church. And he's the one that's come to minister to us because he's the great high priest. He's the one that wants to minister to your need, but you've got to enter in. (laughs) Haven't you? You've got to enter in. And this is the whole point of Hebrews' epistle. I'm sorry about the water business, but we might get there. I don't know. You've got to do what the Spirit says. I can't. I'm not in charge of this. <laughs> We've got to do what the Holy Spirit says. And the, and the problem for us is there are many things here, as we said last night, the Philistine wants to block you well up. Oh, he does. He'll block it up within us. Any rubbish he can think of. It's like he did for Isaac. But you've got to keep your well clean. You've got to keep it out. You've got to keep the rubbish out of your life. You know, as I said to you many times, when I was learning all this and I didn't understand all this, I used to get very annoyed with people and upset and all this. It was blocking my well up. It was making me miserable. I was losing my joy. But, you know, I must have joy. You must have joy. The true thing about Jesus, he was full of joy. Wherever he went, he exuded a tremendous river of blessing. You know, wherever Jesus walked, 
And the, the, and the tremendous truth is, is Christ in you. The hope of glory is in you. It's in you. You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. Do you know there is a, a scripture, I seem to manage to leave my notes behind, but never mind, I'll have to remember. Um, I don't know how I managed to do that, but... Um, but uh, um, there, there is a scripture, it's in... Um, Isaiah, Isaiah 44, and he says this. Hear, O Jacob, my servant, that's you, (laughs) but you've now become Israel, I hope. I hope you're no longer still Jacob. I hope you've had a conversion. (laughs) There are some people in church that are still Jacob. They'll come, they're going to get converted and become Israel. (laughs) He says, my servant, this I formed thee, which will help thee, fear not, he says to us, for I will pour water upon him that is thirsty and floods upon the dry ground, and I will pour my spirit upon your seed and my blessing upon thine offspring. So you're moving from water to spirit to blessing. The water is the initial thing that leads to the spirit which leads to the blessing, the anointing. And you know, I'm coming to see that uh, there's another scripture, is, so it's water, it's spirit, and it's, and it's blessing. And uh, I think it's Ezekiel 49, I don't know how, yes, it's Ezekiel, Ezekiel 47. And in Ezekiel 47, you have a vision of the temple. Ezekiel's in captivity now, and he gets this vision of God's temple, and he gets a vision of, of the house of God. And he says, Afterward he brought me to the door of the house, and poured water issued out from under the threshold, etc. He brought me out to the gate of the northward, and looked east side. And, and when a man had a lion, he said, He brought me through the waters. And then he says, The waters were to the knees. The waters were to the loins. And then he says, there was waters to swim in, he says. And he said to me, Thou hast seen, and he brought me and caused me to return to the brink of the river, and there were many trees on this river. And if you read it all, and it says in verse 8, And the waters shall be healed, and it shall come to pass, that everything that liveth and moveth whithersoever the river shall come shall live, it says. And then it goes on down in this chapter to say, in 12, By the river upon the bank shall go all the trees for meat, for fruit, and for medicine. You see, and I know a lot of people get hold of this, and they profit, these prophetic people, and they twist it all about, you know, the temples coming back and all this. No, 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 no. This is about you. <laughs> You're the temple of the Holy Ghost. It's about the river flowing out of you and bringing you all this, what he's prophesying of Christ. John, he's prophesying of John chapter 7. We go to John chapter 7 in a minute. And he's saying, this will bring you meat. it bring you fruit and it bring you medicine. But the river's got to flow, hasn't it? You've got to grasp that who you are. You will not allow yourself to get contaminated by Satan's filthy river. You will keep 
you'll keep in contact with, your, with the river of heaven, the river that flows from you into you. And as Jesus says in John chapter 7, this is what he says at the last day of the feast in 37, Jesus stood and cried, saying, If any man thirst, let him come unto me, he that believeth on me, as the scripture hath said. Well, what is the scripture that said? <laughs> what is that scripture? We've just read it, Isaiah 44. Jesus is quoting Isaiah 44 and Isaiah 12 here because it's written by the Spirit of God. Out of his innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. So the whole of the prophetic, whether it's Ezekiel, whether it's Isaiah and Jeremiah and all these prophets, they're prophesying of the coming of the seed of promise with the power of the Holy Spirit that comes into your life and will flow out of your life. Isn't it? And it says, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. That last day, that great day of the feast. Well, what is that feast? That is the Feast of Tabernacles, isn't it? That what the Jews used to do, the Feast of Tabernacles, they get booze for seven days, don't they? They all go out their houses, they still do it, and they put all these stuff and myrtle branches and all this, and they all dance and rejoice for seven days. Well, we can dance and rejoice. That's what we're supposed to do. But we can have a, a continual feast of tabernacles because the Holy Ghost has come and you are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And you've got something in you that can flow out of you and wash away all the rubbish. It's a river that's flowing from the throne. How did Jesus, how could he, the, the anointing on his life was powerful. Well, God wants to increase the anointing on your life and my life. He wants you to experience this river of blessing flowing through your life so that you're changed by the power of God. It, and it's, it's a wonderful thing. This is living water, because as we heard last night, and Leslie and all the different people that spoke, as it says in John chapter, John chapter 4, verse 10, it says, If you knew the gift of God, Jesus said to the woman, Who is it that said to thee, Give me to drink? Thou would have asked him, and he would have given thee what? Living water. My, do you know Jesus revealed this to this woman? I can't get over this. This, you know, this is Jesus making small of religion, really, isn't it? Isn't it? This is leveling religion down to the ground. This is what grace does. I get hold of a woman with five hours. Five husbands, now she's living with somebody not an husband. Look at this woman, and the disciples are looking at him and thinking, what on earth is Jesus doing talking to that woman? We've seen these women, haven't we? Look at that woman. But this is grace. It overpasses nationality, prejudice, everything, the gospel, and it reaches people, and it brings them living water. And the woman is completely changed. I'm being changed. Are you being, I've been changed. Have you been changed? Or are you still the old, you know, rotten old you? Have you had a, a death and a resurrection? <laughs> yeah. I used to be very, you know, I, I always stand up for myself, quite proud person. I, I, you know, I, I somebody said, and I suddenly found out that Gordon Davis had died and been buried and finished. <laughs> isn't, it a revel isn't it wonderful? But, you know, when they talk to you, they're not talking to you. They're talking to Christ in you. You've gone. 
You know, if you go to a, a tomb and you shout at the old boy in the tomb, he doesn't care less. You can, you can say everything you want to him. He's dead and buried. Well, I'm dead and buried in Christ, but I've also risen in Christ. I'm also alive in Christ. I've been raised. He was delivered up for my offenses, yes. But he was raised, what? For my justification. I've been justified. I've been declared righteous. Me, righteous. <laughs> it's wonderful. I've been clothed with the righteousness of Christ. Isn't that wonderful? You are. Did, did you know it? Did you know it? So there is no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus. Who can bring any charge to God's elect? Paul says in Romans 8, who can say anything about you? Why? Because if God be for you, who in the world can be against you? you it's tremendous, isn't it? God's for us. He's with us. What can we do? It's tremendous. It's wonderful. And you know, I was thinking, oh, if I could just, just dwell on this. Just dwell on this. And I thought, this is the secret. Dwell on who you are and that you're the temple of the Holy Ghost and you're connected to a river. And you've got a, a well in you that springs up. And as Julia said last night, you know, these Israelites, you know, when Jesus struck the rock at the beginning of that journey, that was Jesus being smitten. That was Jesus smitten. And so when Jesus was smitten on the cross and he cried, it is finished, the big veil came down. Down it came, didn't it? That huge, massive veil of the temple was cracked right down in half. And Jesus took his blood up into heaven. And in Revelation 12, what does it say? He's been cast out. You know, people get all mixed up in Revelation. I don't know. I've heard so many stupid interpretations of Revelation. Oh, no, no. Jesus went up there and he cast him out. But read this in Revelation 12 about this river. Oh, dear. This shows you the river that Satan is pouring out on this earth. We know that a lot of Christians dying at the moment. There's a Christians have been martyred one every three minutes at the moment. One every three minutes. This is a reality. It says, and, and you can read this, and for the sake of time, I won't read all of um, Revelation 12, but it says in here about this dragon, and, the, and it says... Um, in verse 15, the serpent cast out of his mouth a flood. And that's the flood that's coming out of the dragon now, the enemy. He's flooding the world with war and terror and poverty and all this immigration and all these problems, isn't he? At the moment, he's, it's like a flood coming out. That's why you need to be in touch with heaven. That's why you need to realize you're the temple of the Holy Ghost. And that you've got access to the river of life. Not this flood of filth and all the rest of it. You've got access to this, this thing. And, and this is what it says here in, in, in uh, Revelation 12. They overcame him. That's us. That's you, me. This is not in the future. This is now. We overcome him now by the blood of the Lamb. And what? The word of our testimony. we got something. we got the word of God that we can put in our mouth. And it can still the enemy. We've got to grasp this. We've got to know that who we are and what we are and what we've got in Christ Jesus. And you know, as I was thinking about this, and we've talked about this woman at the well a lot, haven't we? 
But in, in, in the previous chapter, in John chapter, two, in John chapter 2, you've got the marriage of the supper. You know, these are very important chapters. John 2, 3, 4. Well, all John is, but, you know. And, and this marriage supper, again, and Irene said to me, well, you read it today in the communion. You turn the water into wine. You see, water is great. But we can read here in, the, in this marriage supper of Cain and Galilee, we've got a principle here that Jesus, uh, John the Apostle, is teaching us yes. that you've got to fill your water pot with, li- with water that comes as clean water. You understand? You mustn't let this enemy's flood that's happening, to this filth, get into your vessel your temple. You mustn't let it contaminate you. But we know that the, the, uh, we see a principle here in John 4 where Jesus is, and in a sense, we, we are being called to a marriage, aren't we? we it's, it's like it's a picture of something of the church that we've been called to. And these, these, all these water jars, big, huge water jars, carrying, they threaten up to 36 gallons. Well, I remember when I used to my company used to carry the concentrate for Coca-Cola. You know, they used to, the concentrate for Coca-Cola comes with 40-gallon drums. <laughs> and we used to carry these 40-gallon drums uh, to different places where they would distill it, you know, and dilute it, and then put it in the bottle, and you, you, you drink it, if you will. Well, we dropped one of these 40-gallon drums under a tree once. It smashed, and it killed the tree. So I don't know what it does to people. <laughs> but that was the concentrate. <laughs> But I, rem- I was thinking, there, how many, was there six or eight water pots? It's, it's in there, isn't it? Eight, is it? Yeah, you imagine all, all that water, all that water, and Jesus says to them, go and fill the water pots. Well, they didn't have a hose. They didn't have running water. They had to go to some well somewhere and drag this, how many gallons? Eight. Gallons and gallons of water and fill all these water pots. See, Jesus says to me, says to me, you fill your water pot with the word. You fill, you get in the word and fill your vessel with the water of the word. There's the secret. I'll read you something that George Muller said. This is George Muller. <laughs> He said, it's pleased the Lord to teach me a truth. Well, I'm learning this. I hope you will. The benefit of which, he said, I have had for the past 14 years. I saw more clearly than ever that the first business to which I ought to attend every day, and this is every day, this is the problem, isn't it? Anyway, was to have my, what? Soul happy in the Lord. Getting to the soul again. Uh, you know, my soul happy in the Lord. It's not how I might serve the Lord, but how I might get my soul in a happy state. How my inner man might be nourished. As we said in Peterborough, the soul comes between the body and the spirit. If you can get the soul happy, it nourishes the inner man. I hadn't read that when I went to Peter, but I've had this since. (laughs) 
<laughs> but I thought, yeah, this is a confirmation to me. If a man of faith like George Muller, this is how his life was operated. That's why he could operate in faith the way he did. Well, he's, it's the same spirit, isn't it, that's teaching us how to live this life of faith. He said, I need to be happy in the Lord. And he said, when I'm happy in the Lord, my inner man is strengthened day by day. You see, you're only as strong as your inner man. Aren't you? Your outer man, your body, depends upon your spirit. When a person gets depressed, you know, you know, depression can de- completely de- de- debilitate a person, can't it? It can, it can, I can't go in there because they lock the doors. Well, you know, they're stupid, isn't it? You can unlock the door and go out. But the depression says, oh, no, I can't go in there. I might get locked in there forever. You know, it's, it's nonsense, isn't it? But this is, this is see, and when this, so if you can keep your soul happy, he's, George Muller says, it keeps your inner man strong, isn't it? He said, it's this practice has been to give himself to prayer every morning. But I saw that the most important thing was to give myself to the reading of the word and meditate it. Thus my heart would be comforted and, rest- and instructed. Meditation of the word is a priority. And one of the keys, he says, to my prosperity and success. To be free, fretless, fixed and focused. Well, there's a good four F's for you. Free, fretless, Fixed and focused. (laughs) The key to freedom is loving God with your mind, he said. Well, that's in your soul. No wonder the psalmist said, he restoreth my soul. Isn't it? He restoreth my soul. I, I am as free as my understanding of truth, my obedience to truth, and it sets me free Victory, he said, depends upon my state of mind. I have to love God with all my heart and my soul and my mind. Right action only follows right thinking. So that, that's what the washing of the water of the word does. It washes you. And as you fill your vessel, the miracle is, this is the miracle, it turns to wine. And the wine is there to make your heart rejoice. We've got to rejoice. And I know we in glory, the glory people have been good at rejoicing. And we've got to keep rejoicing. Because, as, it, it, you know, as, um, as we said uh, about being, being filled with the Spirit, speaking to yourselves in psalms and hymns, the spirits of songs, making melody in your heart, and giving thanks. And keeping thanks. So every there have been certain things that have been trying to get at me lately, and probably there are certain things trying to get at you. I don't know about you. Irene and I have had our problems. We've been, you know, like we've all probably got different things we're facing. And I agree with George Muller. I think I'm going to keep my soul in a happy state. Don't care what's happening. I'm connected to heaven. A river is coming from heaven. And if I can keep filled with the word of God, the Spirit will come and something miraculous will happen and it will turn to wine. And I will have joy. And I will have joy unspeakable and full of glory. 
Well, I was in Peterborough. He asked me up to speak that night. I didn't know what I was going to speak on. Well, it hit me. It was like a deluge of something came down on me. It was joy. Hallelujah. And it is. It's, it's, you, can't, you can't measure it. It's just... Ugh, and you feel the whole of your being is being charged. And, and you know, I can understand why Elijah outran a chariot with four horses. You know, it just gets into you and it, you feel like, woof, you can do anything. The anointing will let... It, it's, it's your enablement. The joy of the Lord is the anointing. Jesus says, I'll drink that wine with you and you in the kingdom. Well, do you want to drink wine with Jesus? I do. I do. I do. I tell you, there's something wonderful in the spirit that we've got to enter into, isn't there? You know, you can live in the wilderness with just enough, but I live, I'd rather live where the rivers are flowing. Isn't it? Let's think about it. The church in the wilderness was quite good. You got everything provided. You got your shoes didn't get small. Your, your clothes never wore out. <laughs> it was pretty boring, mind. You had the same old lot, of, you know. <laughs> You know, and, and, and you're living with this murmuring, complaining bunch. <laughs> and it's a church, and that there's the glory of God in the middle, yeah. But were they enjoying it? No. No, they weren't. And they so wound Moses up that at the end of that journey, instead of speaking to, uh, speaking to the rock, as we heard last night, he struck the rock. The rock had already been struck. The rock has already been struck. All you've got to do is speak to it. <laughs> you get it? You've got to speak to it. Do you understand that? You have to use your mouth. Do you know when you got born again, you're a new generation of people. You're a new creation, Paul says. You're begotten of God. You're now going to glory. You understand? And you've got inside you a new heart, and guess what's written on it? It's the Word of God. And you can access that Word, and you can speak it out of your mouth. I was, you know, I, we get to my age, and, and your body feels a bit strange some days. I was coming down here, and everything seemed to hurt. Everything. I thought, and I've got to drive to Clevedon. I said, Lord, you'll have to help me. Well, I got in the car. I said, I'm going by faith. The devils, I'm going to stamp on this. I'm going to tread on this. And I'm not going to allow the devil to stop me going anywhere. I'm treading on this. And I'm going to walk by faith. And that's what you've got to do. You speak it out of your mouth. Well, I got to Newport in 40 minutes. I don't know how I got to Newport in 40 minutes. It was supernatural. It normally takes me an hour or something. And I was over the bridge before you could say Jack Robinson. And I was down here in no time. Why? Because if you walk by faith and not by sight, you know, if those people at the feast have said, what are we doing filling water pots where people wash their feet in and we want wine? You know, acting by faith is doing what God says. And, and when God says to you, rejoice in the Lord at all times, in everything, give thanks, and your body says, Oh no, I, don't, I feel this, and I feel that, and I feel the other. 
And I feel like this, as they say down in Somerset. <laughs> My boss was from Somerset when I first I used to wrote, I'd say, I'm from Somerset, he said. <laughs> and, and we got all these feelings, and I, as he said, no, we, we arise. You see, it's your confession of your mouth. It's what you say. <laughs> it's, 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 it's how you, if, if you can get filled, you see, with the word, put it in your water pot, and it starts to go to wine, it has an effect upon you. <laughs> the wine has an effect upon you. It does. You get sort of, you know, you get, ooh, everything feels good again. <laughs> everything feels wonderful again, like it did at the end of the meeting in North Wales. I felt, wow, this is really good, this is. <laughs> I thought, this is good wine. <laughs> I felt, I felt, you know, I don't know much. I never drunk much alcohol in my life, thank God. <laughs> Come from a teetotaling family. But I've seen, uh, I've worked with some bosses that killed, the, killed themselves with whiskey. Quite a few of them. I worked with one company and this chap had whiskey in the toilet, whiskey in his office, whiskey in the main office. And when 55 came, he dropped dead. Terrible, isn't it? You know, everything about this world, the river this world provides, gives you a short-term enjoyment, but it kills you. Doesn't it? It kills you. It's polluted. But the river that comes from heaven is a river of life. It's living water. It's living water. And I tell you, I believe God will give you a fresh revelation. You go back from here, and when the devil tries to bring you some of his stupid floods of whatever it is, you say, I'm not having it. I'm connected. I'm a child of God. I'm the temple of the Holy Ghost. Christ lives in me, and I'm connected to the river of life. You know, David read it last night in Revelation. There's a river of life. You see, in this river comes healing. In this river comes provision. In this river comes, as it says, as he prophesied, the prophets prophesied, medicine, healing, fruit, meat. Everything's in the river of God. These trees, and we're the trees of righteousness, and we're by the river, and we just keep bringing forth the fruit. Isn't it wonderful? I tell you, it's a wonderful thing. And when they poured this wine out, they said, this is the best wine, didn't they? He said, this is the best wine. Isn't Jesus wonderful? Do you know, Mary obviously knew what Jesus could do. I remember as a little boy, and used to sit in this Pentecostal church. It's a little pulpit on the right with this lady preacher. And behind it, there was a verse, John 2, 5. Whatsoever he says unto you, do it. And I remember this lady preacher because she had been a Plymouth Brethren. And she got baptized in the Holy Ghost and spoke in tongues. And none of her relatives would speak to her. <laughs> none of her relatives would speak to her. She was a brave woman. She opened her first shop in an old butcher's shop with second-hand pews. <laughs> she was a brave woman. But she stuck to the Pentecost. She stuck to the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm sticking to the Holy Ghost. I don't want none of this religion... I want what the Spirit is saying to the church. Don't you? 
I want what the Holy Ghost is saying to the church. You see, because when the wine comes and you get strengthened and invigorated, the word suddenly becomes alive. This word no longer is the Logos. It suddenly becomes God speaking to me. And when that word comes into my heart and I speak it out of my mouth, it's just as if God was speaking. Do you understand that? It's not our word. It's God's word. And when I believe it, you know, all those people had to do at the wedding feast was just obey what Jesus said. And Jesus does the miracle. Do you need a miracle? You just do what Jesus says. You have to get a word from God. You do. And that takes time sometimes. God has tested you to see whether you mean business. And this is the problem. You see, you know, I was talking to uh, Cynthia and uh, Karen, and we were talking about prayer. You see, the old saints would say, as we know from the tabernacle, the holiest has been opened up for us, but there is a new and living way to go in. You have to go on the highway of faith. You have to go on the new and living way if you want to get to wherever. If you want to get to Clevedon, you have to go on the M5 and turn off at Junction 20. You don't turn off somewhere else. No, this is how it is. God has got ways, as we read in Hebrews 10. We've got to come his way. There is only one way. It's Jesus. And we have to come his way. We can't, you know, I've just... We've been, I and I have been dealing with somebody who's very upset with the way they think that God has treated them, right? It's not fair what has happened. Well, there's a lot of things that are not fair in this world. There isn't much justice in this world, is there? You know, we've got a, a new Labour leader that's going to, you know, change the whole of society, this bloke. He's going to radicalize the whole country, this bloke, and we've got all these people think he can do it. Well, I don't know. I'm not a politician. I don't know much about politics. But I know that I'm not looking at a politician to meet my need. I'm looking at Jesus. <laughs> Isn't it? I'm looking for Jesus to meet my need. And, and you know, you can't, you can't come to God and say, I deserve this. No, you can't do it. You can't do it. God is, no, God is just and pure and holy, but he is the great inhabitant of the house. As one old preacher said, you can't just turn up at Buckingham Palace and see the queen, can you? There is a protocol. As we said, it says, our father, Jesus said, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Whoa, what does that mean? Well, he says, you bow down and worship. What happened when Moses was at the burning bush? Take your shoes off, he said. Take your shoes off. This is holy ground. Oh, yeah. Ah, 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 our almighty God, our heavenly Father, is not some grey-eyed man with a beard dishing out lollipops. Oh, no. He's almighty God. We have to have reverence for him. But he expects us to rejoice in his presence. Yes. 
What father wouldn't want his children to have anything? Jesus said, how, how, how much father, you could give good gifts to your children, how much more shall your heavenly father give good gifts to those that ask him? Do you know, I believe Jesus has met all my needs according to his riches and glory this morning, this afternoon. I think he's wonderful. I have needs yet, but I believe they're there. He's met all my needs. Isn't it wonderful? And you know, when I said to this person, well, you'll have to humble yourself. You know, David Pawson said this, and I, he's absolutely right. I agree with him. There are a lot of people in church, he said, who will not humble themselves. And he's right. Because when I'm in need, I can't supply my need, but I know somebody who can. And he can meet every need that I've got for spirit, soul, and body. It's a complete salvation. You said that wonderful prayer in 1 Thessalonians 5.23. I pray your whole spirit, soul, body be preserved blameless until the coming of the Lord. So I'm just thanking God. I say thank you Lord that there's a river. There is living water that brings me life. There is a river that's flown from the from the throne of God. And think what Jesus did in John 14, 15, and 16 says, it's expedient I go away. I will send the comforter. And he has come. And he's here. And last night I got comforted. I got built up, didn't you, in that meeting? Oh, I could feel a spirit. Can you feel a spirit this morning in that meeting? I could feel it like electric. I could feel it like it was electric coming out of my fingers. Do you know you can feel the presence and power of God? And do you know you can increase your capacity? God wants to increase your capacity so you get a, a bigger measure of the anointing. It's wonderful, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful to have the anointing? <laughs> There's nothing like it, is there? Once you've tasted of this wine, You'll never be satisfied with anything else. Why? Because it's just wonderful. See, the wilderness didn't have any of that, did it? Bread and water, an occasional quail, and something else might blow over sometime. <laughs> and then if you ate it, you got something wrong with you, you know. <laughs> but Canaan, it had rivers. As we heard last night, it had former rain, and it had latter rain. It had rain coming down. It had rain coming up. <laughs> and it had rivers. <laughs> That's Canaan. Isn't it? The Negev. And I remember as a young Christian studying the Negev. And if you didn't get the former and the latter rain, you had in the Bible what's called a famine. Didn't you? A famine. And so you relied then upon wells to keep you going. And guess what? Abraham knew where the wells were. He had a gift from God. I mean, since you remember Will Davis, and we used to have a willow tree outside in the back of our house, in, and I lived near Gloucester, and, and, and he came to see us one day, and he said, that's a big willow tree you've got in your garden. He said, you must have a stream going under there. So he got this, I don't know what he got, he got a piece of 
stick or something. I said, I'm going to find out whether there's water here, he said. And he, and he put this stick over there, and this stick went, Boof, like this. He said, you've got a stream under here. And I said, oh, my house doesn't go into the stream. <laughs> <laughs> but, you, you, you know, and as we heard last night with Julia, just think, when... when when Moses struck that rock, that rock, Christ, that water, followed them the whole of the way until he struck it and he should have spoken. And they didn't know. It was underneath their feet. And you know, some Christians don't even know they got a river. They're dry and miserable. And they're grumpy because they haven't been, didn't know what they've got. <laughs> but he said, spring up a well. You know, when we think about the glory, wait, how many songs have we got about rain and rivers and living water? I mean, we sung some of them last night. There's loads of them. But we can also sing some songs about the wine. Yeah. This new wine that I'm drinking. Yeah. You see, the water, when it's used, it produces corn and wheat and oil. And wine. But there's a process. And this is where we as God's people seem, you know, religion keeps you in a sort of a confined bread and water existence. But what, what this liberty does, it sets you free to go and possess what you've got in, and cross over Jordan. And you know, when you cross over Jordan, you have to get a knife out. Well, the men do. And it's what's called circumcision. Now, a lot of people don't like that. As Joyce Meyer says, Noah had a rainbow, <laughs> but Abraham had circumcision. Quite serious. But this is, it. this is the problem, see? Because if you're going to meet the enemy, you've got to be in the flow of the anointing and the river of God, and you'll bring down your Jericho. You'll take your AI, and you'll defeat your enemies. Because what the Holy Ghost does, it teaches your fangs to war, as we said, and your fingers to fight. You'll start to do things in the Spirit. And you'll start to stand up on your two feet on your own and not, and not as we said, want somebody to fill your bottle because you realize you've got a well and a river. See, this is the point. And you'll start, as Paul says in, in Ephesians 6, to fight the good fight of faith. Why? Because you're in the army of the Lord. Who met Joshua before Jericho? It was the Lord Jesus Christ. He said, I am the captain of the Lord of hosts. I tell you, when you walk by faith, Jesus turns up. Doesn't it? Jesus turns up. And you know, when they... When, jo when Joshua destroyed that city and he cursed it, he said, nobody live here. And the, do you know the waters were cursed in Jericho until Elisha came and, and, and cleansed the waters? Hundreds of years those waters were cursed. And do you know the, the, the problem for God's people is they say, oh, well, God did this to me. God's sovereign and I, this has all happened to me because, you know, it's come Sarah, Sarah. No, it's nonsense. Absolute nonsense. We're in a covenant, a new covenant. We took it this morning, the body and blood of Jesus. 
that covenant. And I'm supposed to do my part. I'm supposed to labor to enter in. It was labor to fill the water pots. A lot of labor. It's labor to read the word. It's labor to meditate the word. The word. It's labor to pray when you don't feel like it. But you've got to do it. You've got to do it. Like George Muller said, to keep your soul happy. To keep your inner man strong. So you become a veritable temple of the Holy Ghost. So out of your innermost being will flow rivers of living water. And it will start to bless people. What came out of Henry? It was like a river. It was. I went up there in the late 50s and I thought, what is this? It was like, it was almost, I can still remember it. I can still feel it. The feeling that I had, I thought, and they were singing this song, I crossed over Jordan and the Lord has led me through to a land of rejoicing. And my great religious brain said, how can that be? Because Canaan is heaven. I thought, what nonsense. But you see, I had a religiously brainwashed. No, we can have heaven on the way to heaven. You can, and you can enjoy it. But you've got to keep walking by faith, haven't you? You've got to keep fighting the good fight of faith because you're going to be in some battles now because you've crossed over Jordan and you've got baptized in the Spirit and everything starts to... Oh, because you've got some weapons to defeat the enemy with. But you've got to learn how to use them, haven't you? You've got to learn, as David said, what was so successful about David? What was it about this man? He treasured the presence of God. He treasured the anointing of God. He treasured the glory of God. Why? He said, where is the ark? And we've got to say, I need the ark. I need the presence. I need the power. I need the glory. And every time he went into the battle... The angels went with him. They, there was a sound of them. The sound in the mulberry trees. And I tell you what, that's what you need in your life. The angels are here to help me. The angels are here to help you. And you can be a blessing. Do you know, every one of you can become this temple of the Holy Ghost. And every one of you can be a blessing. And everyone can have a river flowing out of you. And it's a river of life. And people are going to get healed and delivered and set free. And, and, and there's going to be an explosion of power when the temples come together. Yeah. It's happening. We had a bit of it last night. The temples are beginning to function. You know, testimony is all right. Nothing wrong with it. But you know, you can have somebody up with a testimony and it becomes a bit of a moany. I'm not against testimonies, but I'd like to hear somebody with a river. They get up with something in them, and it says something to me, and I think, wow, that's good. That does me good, that does. Well, I did do good by quite a number of people last night. I was, I was sitting in the back, and I was rejoicing. It. That's tremendous, I thought. That's wonderful. Isn't that wonderful? And then Leslie got up and talked about living water. I said, who told her about living water? Where did she get that from? I said, that's what I had. <laughs> and then this one at the end, they got up. And then he got up. And then somebody else got up. 
Why? Because the temples are starting to function. Get over the testimony. Testimonies have happened. We want to know what's happening now. As we heard last night, the now. <laughs> Faith is always now. <laughs> a word from God. It's a bit like David at the end. He said, I got a revelation. That's good. I like to hear revelation, don't you? I like to hear somebody getting a revelation. I think, thank God he's awake. <laughs> he's not dozing off in the meeting somewhere. The body is starting to function. Isn't it? You can do this. As Henry used to say, have a go. <laughs> Isn't it? Have a go. And what about our young Tom then? <laughs> well, I tell you, God is starting to equip people and fill people, and, in, and they're starting to move in the Holy Ghost. The body is beginning to function. Isn't it wonderful? And I just do my bit and I sit down. I know. I, I know. You just do your bit and, so, and you'll be surprised. Somebody else will start to function and the body is starting to move. And when the body starts to move, things begin to happen. Isn't it wonderful? I'm encouraged. Are you encouraged? Living water produces the fruit, the meat. And the medicine. <laughs> yeah. Everything is provided in this river of life. This river of life is flowing. I pray that the Lord will help me to just keep pressing in to get a larger measure. Isn't it? So that you get a larger measure. That you increase your capacity. I think David said this last night. So that you become bigger. <laughs> Bigger in God, isn't it? Yeah. You know, Elisha asked for a double portion, didn't he? He had to wait 13 years washing the pots and pans before he got it. Didn't he? 13 years he was washing the pots and pans for Elijah. And he had to leave his farm and leave his oxen and sacrifice them all and leave this man Elijah. But he got a double portion. You pursue it. And you'll get it. God likes people who mean business. Oh yeah, he does. And you can have it, because it's available. So praise the Lord. Isn't it wonderful? That God is stirring you up. He is. He's stirring you up. You're, you're beginning to function. The lights, you know, the sacrifice, and the worship, and the light, and then you get in the glory where there's, he's the light. And you're in the glory and it's wonderful. Oh, it's just tremendous. Jesus is tremendous, isn't he? He's just a tremendous person. And I pray that as we go, you know, from Clevedon, that we will not forget that who we are and the possibilities that you have and the things that God can do through you if you will just cooperate with the Holy Spirit. <coughs> Jesus said, it, out of your innermost being shall flow rivers of living water. This spoke he of the Spirit. Well, the Spirit's been outpoured, as we heard yesterday. 
it's been outpoured on all flesh. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> the Lord is good. I think I've been long enough. Amen. I think, you know, um, there are many other things I want to talk about the water, but Irene said to me, it's water, the spirit, and the blood. And you can't have the anointing without the cleansing. Read Romans, I think it was Hebrews, that's in Hebrews. It's always helped me, this scripture in Hebrews uh, 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus. And this is it, by a new and living way, which is concentrated for us through the veil, that is to say his flesh, and having an high priest over the house of God. You are the house of God. God does not dwell in temples made with hands. He dwells in you. And he is our great high priest. He's our high priest over the house. Let us draw near with a true heart and full of assurance of faith. And see, as we read this morning in the breaking of bread, the blood of Jesus cleanses your conscience from dead work. That's the important thing that the blood of Jesus does. It cleanses you from dead things, wrong thinking, stopping the being taken with this world and all its media and everything about it, you know. It, it, and then it says, after that it says, having a heart sprinkled from an evil conscience, the devil wants to condemn you. He wants to put things in your mind to pull you down. But the blood of Jesus deals with it. I've done things I don't like. I'm ashamed of, but the blood of Jesus cleanses it. It washes, and, and it says, from an evil conscience and your bodies washed with pure living water. This is the word of God. These are the seven things we must do each time. Let us hold fast. That's a profession of a faith without wavering. Let us consider one another to provoke to love and good works. Don't forsake the assembling of ourselves together. And if you can do that daily, you're going to start making, you're making progress. You are. You're going to start developing your spiritual life and you won't be a childish anymore and oversensitive and say, I must bring my Lego to church. No, you don't need your Lego in church. You know, all these childish things that people talk about. You know, as I talked to in Peterborough, this one sister said she shouldn't be a deacon. I am the only one who should be a deacon. Well, what nonsense. Who cares? You know, all this childishness that I and I have seen. We think, what is this? But we can belong to a company that believe <laughs> who we are and what we are in Christ and that we're going to progress and grow. I think you're growing. Are you growing? <laughs> Are you growing? Are you getting more fruit? Have you got more love, joy, and peace, long-suffering, gentleness, peace? When Irene shouts at me, I just mm, tell her she's beautiful now. Because <laughs> I've got love, joy, and peace. Wonderful, isn't it? Wonderful. It's just, it's just a wonderful thing to walk in the Spirit, isn't it? Isn't it wonderful? Yeah. 
Oh, I tell you, you just see things in a different way. It's wonderful. Oh, glory. We can walk in the Spirit. As Alan said last night, and I said to him before the meeting, that has been added by the translators. To them who are in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. Did not say in the original walk, not after the fact, mind we should walk in the Spirit, not after the flesh, yeah. But are you in Christ? Well, we can. We can believe, can't we? We can believe that what we've got is greater than what is against us, isn't it? You know, uh, maybe we do something in Romans again, because Romans is a wonderful epistle. And if you want to get a grip of this gospel, you have to get to grips with Romans. <laughs> it's Romans is the key. And somebody said it gives you a bird's eye view of redemption. And then you can ascend the hill and go up into Ephesians and you can sit with Jesus. <laughs> it's wonderful, isn't it? But you have to start somewhere, don't you? And as it says, there is therefore now no condemnation to them in Christ Jesus. For the law of what? The spirit of life has set me free from the law of sin and death. Isn't that wonderful? It's a, it superseded the law of sin and death. We've got everlasting life. We've got a well of joy. And we've got a river of life. We thank you, Lord, for your saints. We thank you, Lord, for all these saints that are here. That you've separated unto you, Lord. And that, Lord, you're going to increase them more and more. That their river is going to start to flow. And as they lift up their hands, they can feel they're connected to heaven. They can feel the vibrance and the power coming down from heaven. We thank you, Lord, for every word that you speak to us. Help us, Lord, to believe it, to practice it, to live it, and to speak it over our lives and our families. And we will see the mighty power of God released. The word of God is quick and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword. It will accomplish. It will not return void. We thank you in Jesus' name.